Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Man. My name is Chris, and I'm here with Mike and James. What's up? Great to be here. And you know, Chris, every time now when I hear you do the Evil Man intro, I think about the time you were doing, uh, you were recording Evil Men at your apartment. And you got embarrassed because there was a workman in your bathroom and you had to be in your bedroom being like, hey, everybody, listen to Evil Men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most men that, uh, most men on the planet are bigger than me. It's crazy. And uh, they, they have skilled trades that can help people help mm-hmm. women they mm-hmm. they show how handy they are in front of your wife yeah. you know while you're going like hey what's up do you like <laughs> listening to jokes i'm this the like tiniest Be little sure worm to smooch that subscribe button <laughs> well, you know what though chris in your defense in our defense there's a lot of talk these days of these blue-collar guys, these mm-hmm. truck drivers, these farmers who say that they are the ones holding society together. Yeah. And I think we need to push back and remind people of what we offer society, which is arguably more important. We offer hours of enjoyable content every mm. month for people. Imagine how life would be if, if we weren't doing this. If you are a truck driver and you like listening to evil men while all those hours on the road, honk, honk, this one's for you, bud. Yeah, no, my. You guys guy, think that we are puny weaklings? Hell no, man! Well, I do yoga. How, what's that? I, I said hell no. I do yoga, and yeah. you're sitting right beside a exercise bike right now. James. That's right. We're recording this at my apartment, and <laughs> is that a I, Peloton? No, it's not a Peloton, <laughs> but uh, it is an exercise bike. And I was thinking that I could potentially ride the bike during the podcast today because it's sitting right here. Um, I'm thinking cool. Guinness Book type stuff. Should I know? get on it? Yeah, get on there. And this could be the first um, podcast where one of the three hosts is potting while sweating. I have drank three quarters of a cider, so mm. it's a bit odd to so exercise sort of, afterwards. This but is a I'm, roll of the dice with your life. <laughs> yeah, I could vomit everywhere. Uh, it's cool how in the middle of the handlebars there's a CD disc man, so you can listen to a disc, <laughs> eh? Yeah, it does look like that. It actually gives me my... Uh, how much distance I've just covered. So okay. I, I am on the bike. I am pedaling right now, everybody. How are you feeling? What's the resistance like? Uh, I put it below. I put yeah. it low to start. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah. make it harder uh, harder soon. But okay. you want to start low, get the legs. He is riding an exercise bike, In my everybody. jeans. Oh, let me take In his a, jeans. No one's ever going to believe this. This is so insane. I'm going to take a little video of this so we can... James, say hello to all the listeners so that they know that you're not lying about uh, cycling and potting. Hey everybody, this is me, James, and I'm using an exercise bike while podcasting. What do you want me to do? So there we go. <laughs> I, I, we're going to send this, actually, to Guinness, the Guinness people, and see if... You know, you're not, it doesn't, it's not about how many hours you're cycling, it's just the fact that you are doing it while potting. I think no one else is. Hey done. man, I heard that if you send in a Guinness World Record, Guinness sends you a case... <laughs> of uh, tall cans, Guinness. Did you guys uh, get the Guinness World Record book for Christmas when you were a kid? It was yeah. always something I was thrilled to get. Not and for Christmas. It's like, why? Never oh. got it. Never got it. Always what? had friends who had it, and I was jealous. But looking back, <laughs> probably worthless. 
It was a Christmas present. For I'm most not saying kids? it was my nicest Christmas present, but it would be one of the like yeah. third tier Christmas presents. When you turn cool. when you turn 16, uh, were you sort of blindfolded and led into the garage, and then <laughs> then you like they, they were like surprise, and it was a Guinness Book of World Records in the, in the garage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah I was blindfolded, and they brought me out, and they had a big bow on it, and it was in the garage in a parking place. Yeah. Would you get like a GT snow racer, but you could only use it if you were flipping through the Guinness Book of World Records <laughs> as you race down the hill? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they Did were you get a car when you were 16 that had Guinness Book of World Records painted on the side? <laughs> uh, you know, that book was good, though. You'd flip through. Yeah. I'd, I'd always want to look at, like, who's the tallest guy in the world. My friend and mm-hmm. I would always look through it to see the grossest world records, like yeah. longest fingernails and all that yeah. stuff. It stuck with me, though. The tallest man in the world, mm-hmm. his name oh, yeah. is Robert Waldo, the, maybe? Oh, the and guy Wadlow? with the glasses? Yeah, and he and was, suit? I think he was 8 foot 11? Yeah. Or, or si- yeah, I think he was, was 8 he foot 11. Was he the guy 11. who was in, like, the Barnum Circus? I don't think he was in the circus. Oh, okay. Um, he played for the Knicks. <laughs> That's right. He was uncomfortably tall and he did die young, sadly, <laughs> because he, he was so uncomfortable. And he was too also tall. the first very he tall. Was he, was, he was Duncan. Yeah, yeah. He was just stand under the net and his head would just be going through the net <laughs> so the other team couldn't score at all. It'd just bounce <laughs> off his head. That was before they uh, had uh, goaltending. Yeah, they made that rule for Robert Wadlow. (laughs) Yeah. He he was also the first very tall man to star in a series of uh, ads for printer ink. uh, (laughs) Shaq wasn't the first guy. You know, I'm still on the bike, by the way, and a bit embarrassed that I'm sort of losing my breath. I'm starting to see some little sweat stains (laughs) on your jeans. (laughs) It looks like you're looking at my crotch. That would be urine, I think. But, well. um, you know, yeah. What's up with Shaq doing those printer uh, printer ads? I mean, does he need the dough? Like, yeah, does he live a wild life, or what, what? Or does he just love acting? Maybe he's yeah. He's he's trying to build a reel. That's why he's doing <laughs> the printer ads and the ads for that insurance company with um, who's the guy who sings? Uh, have you seen those ads? It's uh, Montel Jordan. Okay. I don't know this ad. Montel Jordan. He's saying, "Yeah, this is how we do yes. it." Boom. It's Shaq and Montel Jordan. And Montel this Jordan is how we do keeps it. Keeps singing, "This is how we do it." And Shaq's like, "You gotta stop singing that." Huh? He's annoyed. Oh, Shaq attack. Shaq also <laughs> does icy hot commercials. The goop you put on your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know. <laughs> Shaq has probably got, you know, a family. He got one shot at this life, you know. Yeah. He's probably, like, collecting a ton of dough for a, a little miniature kingdom that he could pass on. Like, I guess that's all that everybody really is trying to do, right? Everyone's just trying to be Shaq out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honey, I'm just trying to be Shaq, all right? Do you think he's his body's in constant pain, so he needs Icy Hot? That's a great question. He... I've never heard about him being in pain. He seems like a rare, very big man who just seems like mm-hmm. so yeah. strong. I and mean, he's but always being funny. He's funny. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm, I'm getting off the exercise bike. This is too much. Well, congrats, um, James. Good work. Was nice. That was you. like half an hour. Yeah. yeah. yeah if we true. can inspire even one listener to get on their bike for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be funny if like uh, fat, lazy, alcoholic smokers um, sat on e-bikes in front of their TV. <laughs> and so the wheels would go, but they'd still just be sitting on it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, Shaq, if you're listening, congratulations on 
scoring those gigs. Yeah, I mean, I hey, I've done plenty of commercials, and I en- I envy you. You think? Imagine yeah. this. Shaq is like, he gets home, and his wife is like, "What's wrong? You seem you seem nervous." And he's like, "I auditioned for this um, printer ink commercial. I don't know if I got it." Yeah, and he doesn't mm-hmm. sleep well that night. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. you wonder if you're going to get the callback because you never know. You get a very small yeah. amount of money, even if you get the callback. Yes. Yeah. So he was probably yeah. hoping he'd get the call. Fifty back. bucks or something. Yeah, 50 Shaq's <laughs> a big guy, so you don't want to yeah. like. You you think about waking up in a cold sweat full of worry, but think yeah. about Shaq waking up in a cold sweat. That'd be a soaking wet bed. You need a dinghy uh-huh. to get out of there. Yeah, you so much sweat. Yeah, you'd need the Coast Guard to come and save you. <laughs> and then, and then he's like, he can't concentrate in the morning. He's like, I barely slept. And then the phone rings at like two p.m. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it's my agent. Probably some other audition I'll never get. And she's like, good news, Shaq. You got the printer ink commercial. Yeah. And then he goes nuts. You know how many phones? He goes, Shaq. He goes, honey, put on your finest outfit. I'm taking you out for supper. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What's that thing he says? What's his uh, catchphrase when, like, uh, is it like a dummy of the day or something? Or, you know, when, like, a a player screws up and he makes fun of them? Uh, We're both forgetting Shaq facts. We could scratch that. Shaq, my Shaq facts have been attacked. But yeah, I he goes through so many phones yeah. because when his agent calls him in the middle of the night, his giant hand <laughs> crushes the receiver into dust because he's so nervous. Right. And I was thinking because I am a tiny little pipsqueak, uh, and I'm gonna be honest, guys, <laughs> the three of us are tiny little scared pipsqueaks that compared to not, most Chris, men. You're giving That's away not true. You're giving away a little too much. I mean, what's the height of the average man? Five nine? No. Yeah. That's like my height. They're like That's six average. one. Listen, Chris, if, man. If we went if back Shaq and, was my plumber, yeah. he would be my bathroom door would have uh, holes on the sides where his shoulders had to get through, <laughs> like a cartoon. And he'd be like, "You call this a toilet?" <laughs> yeah, he would crush it in man, one I could hand. Fill this with shit. <laughs> Watch, and then you yeah. stand there. And then Imagine go, wow. Shaq dunked your toilet into a basketball net and then broke the backboard. <laughs> It is funny, you know, you were talking about handymen sort of, uh, you know, wooing your wife while he's, not yours. Well, they're not purposely wooing her, but she's like, oh, I see what a real man is. But it'd be funny funny seeing a handyman, you know, use the toilet and really shit in it. And your wife's sort of like, boy, my husband doesn't shit like that. That's what I'm missing out on? (laughs) That's like a horse took a shit in here. (laughs) Uh, honey, we need- wow, that big handyman shits like a horse. Honey, Whoa. we need to talk. <laughs> you know what they say about big hunks of shit? <laughs> big dicks. <laughs> you know what they say about big shits, honey? That's what Vogue is always, uh, that's the tip they're always giving to readers. My husband's got tiny little shits like a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> you can have an operation though to make your shit bigger. Uh, so, uh, hey man, what kind of screwdriver are you using? Just help me out, man. My wife's right over there. It could be like a Cyrano de Bergerac twist, where a guy starts buying big shits from his friend uh, to impress his beloved. Maybe Cyrano uh, de Bergerac's nose is a long piece of shit. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. We're trying to talk about real men like Shaq and plumbers, and we start talking about Serrano to push it back. 
<laughs> well, it's because it's in the news, because of the new movie with Dinklage. Okay, to prove to the audience that we are real big, strong, manly men like all the plumbers and Shaq out there, we're going to list from our top five Gerard Depardieu films. <laughs> Before we do, Chris, did the, did the workman who, uh, who you felt embarrassed around, did he, did he see your book of Baudelaire poetry and go, that's a good one? <laughs> yeah. That poem's about this, right? Well, actually, what Baudelaire's really <laughs> talking about is this. <laughs> it's okay, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Yeah, he's... I don't know. Green card. Bogus. Danton's death? No, what is the, Dan- the Danton? I love Gerard it. Depardieu. I love that movie. He was it's just called one, Danton. He was in Danton. one fairly about recently Danton. where he played a Danton. billionaire who was addicted to sex. Oh, he played the uh, was it the IMF or the World Bank head who got Dominic Strauss Kahn who got. Uh, oh, I don't know. I just I saw the trailer and it was there was lots of sex. We're really talking about it now. Yeah. Did you see the last L- Metro or whatever the no. Truffaut film where it's about? It's a good one. I think Catherine Deneuve is in it as well. It takes place during the the Resistance. Yes. <laughs> no, because I I hate the Nazis. Yes, and I love the French Resistance. So readers. And listeners, <laughs> my virtue signaling Mike always going on about how he hates the Nazis. Listen, <laughs> let's try and unite two sides of the listenership, the tough guys and the art wieners. Art wieners, tell us your favorite <laughs> Gerard Depardieu movie. <laughs> and tough guys, tell us your the biggest shit you ever saw. <laughs> Hong Kong. But that might be our key to mass appeal because yes. we appeal to the artsy fartsy guys out there wearing turtlenecks right now and drinking herbal tea because they see themselves in us yes but we also yeah. appeal to the big shitter yeah tough real men because they want to kill us because they listen we're to us, not they as wimpy us. as i'm saying i can do tons of push-ups james you use your bike and i do yoga and i put up a mirror this week you did uh, you did like a big strong man Yes. I use resistance bands also, elastic bands to keep fit. By the way, Mike, I got I think I got the same resistance bands as you the other day. You got you gotta send me some videos of stuff to do. Sure, I'll teach you. Not of yourself. These, send us both <laughs> videos of you using these bands. In fact, <laughs> let's put them on the Patreon. Put them on Patreon. I'll show everyone a free one how to do the papillon. You know what? Three of us could definitely <laughs> all together working together could take out a big guy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If well, one big, might yeah. one basically you accept that one of us might die, <laughs> and then he focuses on that one of us, whoever the unlucky person is, and the other two of us k- kill him. So yeah, one of us needs to be the sacrificial lamb, and yeah. the other two are the the muscle, the okay. lambs who aren't sacrificial, the lambs who roar, <laughs> <laughs> lambs who roar. I know what we could do. Um. We flank two guys flank the big giant dummy from either side. Start talking about super in depth stuff about how you're stuck at the all is lost moment in your screenplay in the <laughs> top of the third act, and then the other one sneaks behind him and shoots him in the head with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> I cut you off though because I had another thought uh, while you were speaking. But did you say? The resistance band is called the Papillon. The Papillon is a move you can do, uh, French for butterfly, of course, But where you expand your arms either side of you while you're standing on the resistance bands, the way that a butterfly would spread its wings. I really, you got to show me, because I just yeah. got them, and I'm really excited to get 
big and strong. Yeah. Okay, but Papillon is... I didn't know that's what it meant because yes. I saw that movie with Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen. See, I always got to take it back to artsy crap. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm talking about the tough as nail <laughs> shit. How to do the Papillon with the <laughs> resistance bands. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the resistance earlier. French resistance bands. Oh my God, we like the French resistance so much we got resistance bands. <laughs> This is great. Everything kind of smushed into itself like a big hunk of shit in a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into it, but I have a lot of... I have a bad stomach, so... Let's just say I don't follow what the, the what we're saying happens to these big yeah. burly men. Let's just say that never happens to me. So you're a difficult we'll guy that. to have a supper with because you're not like most guys, regular guys. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, uh, let's have some pizza. Let's have some wings. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you can't eat those because the two um, greasy wings I could handle. Pizza, right. I take it back. Will probably kill me because of the cheese yeah. and probably the bread. So you can so never wait, be. A does Ninja it make Turtle? everything move fast no. or does it make everything get stuck? Uh, usually fast. Mm. I'm a get stuck guy. Oh my God, Chris! <laughs> we are, are and yes. I'm, I'm the yin monkey and yang. I'm the monkey in the middle because I'm just so so. <laughs> These are the shits of our family. <laughs> but imagine you auditioning for the Ninja Turtles movie, James. Stupid shit. Willy Wonka's shit factory. It's turning into um, Sallow Part 2. Oh um, my god, I got a golden ticket. I could go to the giant shit factory, Uncle Jed, or whatever the fuck his name is. James, gun, gun to the head moment. Remember that guy was in bed all the time? Like, yeah. Shitting yeah. and pissing. All four of them. This is the grossest. This intro guy is gross, elevated guys. Here. Yes, elevated let's to elevate here. Let's elevate. Loft your thoughts, James. Gun mm. to the head moment. Okay. Put an it in actor, my face. Actor, here's your breakthrough offer role. Yes. They offer you the role of uh, Leonardo in a live-action Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Great role. You're going to make Dream tons role. of money. You get to make out with April O'Neil. Okay. Um, but to, for, to be realistic... All the Ninja Turtle actors have to actually eat pizza on screen. Will you do it? It's well, going to be like a 90-day shoot every day you're eating pizza. Would they consider cheeseless pizza? No. Or cheddar, if it's not New mozzarella, if it's cheddar cheese. Because I can eat cheddar or older cheese, but new cheese like mozzarella, no chance. Do you think a pizza place in New York City will serve a slice with cheddar Frickin' cheese. <laughs> it is an odd. <laughs> it is an odd idea. Well, I don't know. I guess Maybe. I'd have to turn it down. Uh, or there's great gourmet pizzas that just do dollops of goat cheese. Yeah. I could probably end so, it. Or uh, Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael are eating a regular pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the camera pans to Leonardo just eating his like boutique pizza. <laughs> yeah, with like rapini on it and. What's that other kind that they put on, like the splotches? Oh, oh, um, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, ricotta. Yeah, like little pieces of ricotta. Yep. Rapini. You got some sun-dried tomatoes, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I love it. And then Splinter it. is like, you're, you're, you make ordering pizza very, very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Leonardo. Leonardo, you like the fancy pizzas. <laughs> Were you a big Ninja Turtles guy, Mike? I noticed yes. it comes up for you a lot. Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Was it your favorite cartoon as a kid? It was briefly, yes. I'm not afraid to admit it. I will stand behind it. Um, but once I became a man, I left those things behind. <laughs> you know who would intimidate you in front of your wife? Shredder. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. You don't want Shredder doing, you know, his martial arts in front of your wife because... No. Especially on like a Valentine's Day, like a big night. 
your wedding night. Uh, oh God! <laughs> anniversary. You don't invite Shredder. How over did Shredder talk day. again? Just a deep, scary voice. Right? I don't remember. Yeah. And if Shredder's there, there's a good chance you know who else is going to be there. Crying. No, I think I wasn't wasn't crying. Sort of like that. Yeah, but you don't want him there in front of your wife either for different reasons. Yeah, she would just be feel sick. Yeah, he's. I bet he smells. I bet Krang stinks. If you took him out of that contraption, he probably stinks. <laughs> what? What? What's wrong? What's what's what? what's, what's, what? Okay. <laughs> that's your. Krang. That's how you kill Krang. He's like embarrassed. What? No, I don't. You know, Roseanne did Krang's voice in uh, either one of the movies or an animated series. For real? Yeah. That makes sense. That's crazy. That was when Krang was racist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Actually, oh, wow. I don't know what Krang looked like in the movies. I can only imagine the cartoon version of Krang. Well, when Roseanne played Krang, <clears throat> Krang became a little bit more blue collar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of more of a devil may care attitude. Yeah. Kind of, you hadn't seen that before on TV, <laughs> a blue collar Krang. He's wearing jeans and kind of... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just like chewing gum and smoking a lot. Yeah, Foul mouth. shirt. Yeah. Krang's head was sticking out of like the unbuttoned belly of a flannel shirt, right? <laughs> yeah. There's always blues music playing. Was it her voice, but Krang was in John Goodman's body? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rosie, look at me. I'm in Krang's body. <laughs> that must have been when Krang... I want to chug a beer. Yeah, that must have been when Krang famously sang a horrible rendition of the Star Spangled Banner before a baseball game in the early 90s. <laughs> Don't know if you guys Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to sing the national anthem, Krang! <laughs> Played by Roseanne Barr. Speaking of the national anthem, there was a video going around today showing what's going on uh, in Ottawa with the trucker convoy, the, mm-hmm. the occupation, as they're calling it. What still. is going on? So there was a video of just a CBC journalist trying to ask questions to some truckers. And the yeah. guy was like, I'm not answering. Are you telling me I got to move my kids? He had like a yeah. strained voice. And the journalist was like, I'm not telling you anything. I'm just asking what your reaction to a bunch of truckers have their families and kids sleeping in their trucks with them. Yeah. And the city wants to. Are get you telling me my kids aren't safe? Yeah. Are you and telling then, me my kids aren't safe? And the guy thought the journalist was threatening him. Mm-hmm. And while this interaction is going on, these like lummoxes standing beside the guy, these like <laughs> middle aged guys, like these dumpy guys with like. <laughs> like beards and they look dirty. They just start singing "Oh Canada" in the oh, background, yeah, oh, patriotically yeah. out of tune. And it's yeah. at least be in tune, guys. Yeah. Pick a key. I'll tell you. Oh, 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 oh. You know. Yeah. Uh, good luck to everybody out there. You know, I'm trying to be fair. <laughs> we support all sides in every debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. So- I actually don't. I don't know. I don't want the podcast to have political stuff, really. But it's like, you know how we feel. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what, Chris? You said that in a very sexy way. Almost like, mm-hmm. you know, you being sly to someone like, you know how I feel, babe. You know how and I that's feel how about you're, this shit, babe. You're, you don't realize, but you are infatuating our audience with you because they're, they've got you in, your, in their ears and they're going, oh, Chris is being... Very flirty with me. Damn, girl. You know how we feel about all these subjects of discussion. <laughs> we think that uh, a lot of these guys are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no. Really? You think I'm sexy when I talk? Yeah, You think I'm man. sexy? 
I do. And I think the audience does too. And uh, I know you guys will back me up on that. We should have a sexiest voice competition that we all compete in. Let's have a sexiest voice competition right now. All right. Okay. What do we say? You have to do your sexiest voice. And we all have to say, we all have to sell the same sentence. Um, How about. um, But it's got to be a not sexy sentence. Yeah. That gives it the challenge. How about. Would you like scrambled eggs for brunch? As a sentence? Oh, we're all going to say that? Yeah. Sure. That already sounds kind of sexy. Yeah, I thought mm. you were doing it. You got to add something think, not sexy to it. I think you won. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. Do you want mayo on your sandwich? Okay. I don't know. Maybe something that wouldn't taste good. Do you want mayo on your How chocolate? About all... Okay. Do you want mayo on your mustard? Oh, wait, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, mayo and mustard is it's... a classic pairing. Yeah, foundation. Do you uh... want mayo on your mustard on your sandwich? Okay. <laughs> Okay, who's contestant number one? I'll go first. Feel free to add sexy music. Okay. Hey, do you want mayo on your mustard on your sandwich? A little little over the top. No, I mean, that's how I would say it. That's how I would say it. I picture the lights turn low. The Pacific Ocean is just outside the window. Yeah, the, the smell is, of the ocean. Yeah, the breeze is blowing the uh, curtains mm-hmm. uh, to and fro with the wind door open. And I'm lying on a bed with satin, pink satin sheets. And I hear that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'll go next, I guess. I yeah, we'll be, go clockwise. It shouldn't be too hard to outdo... Uh, James, uh, here we go. <clears throat> Do you want mayo on your mustard uh, on your sandwich? Keep in mind, <laughs> in this scenario, I am wearing very little, and I'm I'm holding a balloon, like a helium balloon, oh. with a heart on it. Oh, and in my pocket there's one condom. Well, wait a second, Michael. <laughs> You're wearing a helium balloon? Well, what do you I'm mean, over your it. dick? I'm oh, I thought you meant you were naked, but you had a helium balloon over your dick. That is a very strange association to make, or assumption <laughs> to make. No, I'm holding the balloon, I'm wearing very little, and, and I have one condom in my pocket. Wearing I pictured very little, you, no shirt? You're saying that, but <clears throat> the way you said it, I pictured you wearing like a white suit, mm-hmm. like, like uh, almost like an old gas station attendant. White pants, white belt. <laughs> White button-down shirt, but short sleeve. Like a guy at a soda jerk? Like yeah, a soda, soda jerk, 100%. Yeah. And uh, huh, I, didn't I was already yeah. making out with someone in my car, and you bent yeah. over and looked in the window and said that to us as we were making out. No, as your no. boner is out. And we're like, That's, what, man? What'd you say, man? Yeah, I didn't intend that. Also, I'd like to make one more addition to the way I see myself. I'm holding a balloon, wearing very little. I have a single con in my pocket. I also have $100. What, in your bank account? No, in my other pocket. But, yeah. Me and my girlfriend, who are making it in the car right now, think that you just escaped from a mental hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not not true. (laughs) Okay. Do you want mayonnaise? No, this is me being Mike. Okay. okay. Do you um, want mayonnaise and mustard on your sandwich? I have one condom and a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> You're gonna get the audience all riled up by hearing hearing that twice now. Yeah, I hope nobody's li- I hope nobody's listening to this driving because uh, the their boners will be 
hitting the wheels, the spinning them off your the road. Burner, yeah, your yeah. boner will hit the steering wheel and the uh, the what's it called? The balloon that pops. Yeah, out? the airbag the will airbag. pop out. <laughs> the balloon. Oh my god, these guys sound pretty it. good. <laughs> The horniest pileup that the city has ever seen. And I don't want to exclude ladies too. I just don't want to be too graphic. But they're getting hor- They may be yeah. getting horny as well. Yeah, their vaginas yeah. would break the airbag. They flip yeah. the airbag on. I like the idea of. I didn't know like that. I, air, but I, I forgot the airbag name for a sec. That'd be so funny if I was in a car accident. And they're like, "You okay, sir?" And I'm like, "A big balloon saved me." <laughs> <laughs> Big white it balloon. Is like, who invented that? Must have been laughed out of the room. Like, what? We could save people's lives if we put a big balloon in the car. Get out of here! Yeah, it's like when Homer got to make his own car. It is funny though, Chris, imagining you driving and like having lurid thoughts and like getting carried away, <laughs> and then you get a boner and it whaps your steering wheel, and the airbag flies in your face. I don't know. To me, that's funny. You guys didn't react, but yeah, to no, me, I, I love the idea. No, I'm just trying to picture which network we can pitch that to. <laughs> well, CBC Gem. CBC Gem. They got little snippets of uh, gag type uh, shows. So, yeah. Chris, you've got to do your sexy voice here. <clears throat> do you want me to do it for real? Hell like, yeah, uh, dude. We've been doing it for real, yeah. So. <laughs> uh... Would you like some... No, I gotta start over. <clears throat> Think Isaac Hayes. Right? Well, Scientologist, but okay. Yeah, he got mad. And, and dead as well. Ah, oh, shit! Yeah, you're de- so you're... Do you think sexy yeah. guys are dead? I'm still Carry sexy on. in the grave, baby. <laughs> Hot buttered grave. <laughs> Walk on by. That's one of my favorite songs ever. Both. Bacharach rules. Yes. Dionne Warwick version and Isaac Hayes version. Okay. Come on. You know, let's be sexy. Would you like some mayonnaise and mustard on your sandwich? Ooh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Definitely, I guess, Tweetas. Damn, do you want some mustard mayonnaise on your sandwich? Damn. Oh, I could see. You know what? Adding a word. I'm I'm writing an erotic thriller in my mind. You know, for Cinemax. Uh, Chris plays a subway ar- a sandwich artist. <laughs> He's hot as hell. Yeah. Uh, a, um, a sexy sort of wealthy wife. Um, you know, or maybe she's not yeah. a wife. Maybe she's like a businesswoman. But she's she's lonely busy. as fuck. She's too busy for a mm-hmm. partner, and she always gets a sandwich at Subway every day. And you're in there, and you always yeah. ask her about mayo and mustard. Yeah. And eventually, she can't take it anymore, and you guys make love on top of the toppings in the Subway mm-hmm. uh, condiment bar. Can I say? Yeah. Can I and add- the Subway closes down, and then we yeah. spend the night on the floor. Uh, in each other's arms mm. in the back room, I guess. By and whenever the... you're hungry, you just grab a little slice of turkey. Yeah. Or... Can I say something to you? To and she's to like, did you always want to be a Subway sandwich? No, not at all. I never thought I would end up here just making Subway sandwiches for beautiful women like you. <laughs> I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can help you. I'm a producer. You are? You know? <laughs> yeah, and That's the yeah. beginning of the movie. Yeah. She's like, I discovered Jared Fogle. And I... <laughs> I this is the, it's the Jared Fogel <laughs> or his half brother. <laughs> no, it, this is a, we, yeah, it's a Jared Fogel <laughs> origin story. That was Jared Fogel's voice, eh? <laughs> oh this yeah, is. just like. <laughs> oh, ladies, I seem to have lost my pants. Remember, he used to hold, hold his pants. Yeah, up? look how uh. big my old <laughs> jeans are. These are 
Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. It was so crazy. He got busted for being a total creep because you just absolutely can't picture it when you look at the guy. No, no, you think he's like, guy yeah. like an, uh, Johnny Depp. He was a god to a lot of people. <laughs> 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 he's well, like, when I was you know, in school, we had Ronaldo. To write a... You look at this guy. You think you're looking at Ronaldo? Yeah, he was a hero. He sure as hell was to people who eat Subway every day and lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. That's the stupidest diet <laughs> ever existed on That's earth. Like, like, I lost weight by eating Subway every day? One of the yeah, funniest things. of course things. this guy's a fucking pervert. Oh, my God, Mike. I've never seen you like this. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Before we get to our evil man this week, we should mention that we have a Patreon account. You can find it at patreon.com slash evil men. And if you check out... That website, you know, you can, you'll find a lot of fun stuff. You can sign up, and if you do, you get minimum two bonus episodes a month. And actually, on our next episode, I, uh, I put a post on our Patreon asking people if they had any questions to ask us, and we got a ton of questions from our, our mm-hmm. Patreon listeners, which is so nice. Mm-hmm. So on our next Patreon bonus episode, we're going to answer all these fun questions. So... You know, check it out, everybody. It's patreon.com slash evil men. And if you can't join the Patreon, don't worry. Maybe you could rate us and review us. Anything to add, Mike? No, that's good. <laughs> rate us and review us. Did you just hear that ghost? So, Chris, uh, you did the evil man this I saw week. the glasses come on. Yeah, Chris just put and, his glasses on everybody. And so you know I something's, did him. something's about to happen. <clears throat> so Chris, who did you choose for this week's episode? Well, the evil man for this episode is a cowboy. Oh okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, too bad. It's the very first emperor of the f- first ever unified China. All the way back in uh 200s BCE. It's Ji Shi Huang. And he was considered by many to be tyrannical. Can you believe that? I mean, I don't know anything about the guy, but that seems like fucking bullshit. Yeah, why is he so mean? Why is he just cool and nice? No, I'm saying, why is everyone saying he was mean? Oh, oh. well, there's a, there is one of those... It is one of those characters that we've done, like, especially when I've done some of the ancient history guys, where you're like, are they just being a a brutal ruler because that was the strongest way to rule back then? Mm. Or did they actually have evil within them? And I guess we'll try right. to find that out. <clears throat> but well, very uh, interesting. He was born uh, Zhao Zheng in the Jin state, which was essentially... Uh, I'm reading the notes James made. I feel like I just got to be honest about that. <laughs> no, it makes no, me feel I, no. so uncomfortable. Which was essentially the western edge of Chinese civilization at the time. Yeah, there was a bunch of states. Do you want to know what the bunch of states of China were at the time? There was the the Jin one, and I, I'm I'm sorry, listeners, if some of you know the better pronunciations. Uh, which was big. His his father left him a big hunk to. Uh, oh. A big hunk. <laughs> I'm thinking of, you know, Bradley Cooper. I'm thinking of uh, Timothy Chalamet. I guess he's not a hunk. There was Timothy one. Timothy Chalamet is a hunk. Okay. There was one territory, there was one country bigger than the Jin area at the time called Chu. Um, but yeah, uh, there was Jin, Han, Wei, Zhao, Yan, Qi, and Chu. 
They were all separate countries constantly uh, warring with each other. So, And he eventually united them. Yes, which sounds nice. But to unify all those countries under your rule, you got to be a bit of a... uh, you know, aggressive type of dude. I'm, you're gonna be a nasty Norman. <laughs> yeah, nasty you're not exactly likely to be Jim. Boys. Jim from the Office. That's 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 important, James. I'd like you to say that one more time, James. I'm just saying, if you're the type of guy who could unify China mm-hmm. in 200 BCE, mm-hmm. you're you're probably not as affable and easygoing as Jim from the Office or Tim from the Office here, UK. Here, here, yeah, a guy like that wouldn't get very far uniting all these different warring. You know, countries, provinces, whatever, city states. Is Jim from the American or British? Jim is the American and Tim is the British. Oh, I like Tim. There better. is one episode oh, you gotta like Tim. where Jim went to the wrong office. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he like, goes oh, to no. England? Yeah, he goes to England. You were doing cheers. <laughs> where everybody knows you're from the office. <laughs> Welcome to office. And you're always glad you're there. <laughs> Welcome to the Jin State. Welcome to the old office. <laughs> Bare naked ladies. But well, how did the office sound? <laughs> <though? laughs> but uh, but the British one had that song. It was like the candles and the bandong. Mm. What is it? Handbags and glad rags. I forget. I, I, yeah, Cat handbags. Stevens? It sounds like Cat Stevens. We'll find out as a special surprise. We'll reveal who sang the Office theme song at the end of this episode. Office theme song. <laughs> You're listening to Office Boys. Surprise! Only Office podcast where three men uh, change the format of their show and review The Office. All of your favorite characters from The Office are discussed. Dwight, Noel, Tang, Buddy X. Xander and Emperor Jin. <laughs> yeah, he would. Oh, it's gr- I'm crazy imagining him at Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. Oh boy. He would think yeah. all of those guys were weak, and he would castrate them and have them ripped to shreds. That would be a oh very weird episode. It would have to be a double episode, probably. Mm-hmm. So the Jin state was considered to be a barbarian state by the rest of the ch- of China. Well, come on. What do you want? His mother was a former <laughs> concubine of a rich m- merchant named Lu Bu okay. She was able to instill Zhang's father on the throne of the Xin state, even though he had not originally been designated as a successor. When Zhang was 13, so he became the, the, the guy at 13. His so dad after his died. bar mitzvah. Yes. <laughs> after his bar mitzvah, the bare naked ladies played. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a million dollars, I'd be rich. Um, and he was like, <laughs> I am rich. Um, his dad died, and Zheng formally ascended to the throne. But because Zheng was so young, what do you think? This happens all the time. There's a successor, and they're a kid, right? I'm thinking the older guy's going to start plotting to they, mm-hmm. get rid of him and ins- install himself on the damn throne. They lick their lips and uh, rub their paws together like hungry wolves, don't they? Yep. Well, uh, because he was so young, he was governed by and headed by, uh, or the government was headed by Lu Bu Wei. The guy his mom used to be uh, the concubine of. That's confusing to me. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that... <clears throat> so his mom was a concubine. I will say, this was a very dense and difficult thing to... It, we both We're going to leave out this. some information, okay? Because I would like this episode to inspire the listener yeah, to go yeah. do more research because it's a, obviously... 
We're a bunch of dinks making yeah. jokes yeah. all the time. It's hard so to summarize. We apologize. Everything. Hate yourselves. But we hate ourselves. We're not as big as the plumber that came in my house. No. But it's interesting. So, so um, I'm sorry. How, how do you pronounce his name again? Uh, Jin? Yeah. I, I, so the, I don't know. I hope I don't screw it up. Yeah, but we it's <laughs> it's uh, Jin Ji Huang. Well, okay. This is like, okay, so if we do have... Chinese listeners or uh, people that are fluent in Chinese, okay, because like the 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 X Y makes like a a G sound, right? Oh, doesn't it? I don't know. Or Z? G, like Xi Jinping, the current yeah, Xi Jinping is X I and yeah, yeah, and then so Jinji uh, Huang is Q I N, and I did check it out a few times how to pronounce it, and it was like Zhi. So Q I N. This is the confusing part, part that I just want to learn. If we have any listeners that could help, Q I N makes J and X I makes J. Like J. Like I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's tough both for those us configurations. Guys to figure this one out. Yeah. yeah. And in China, they wouldn't even spell it that way, anyways. Right? They'd spell well, it with right, Chinese letters. So I don't know. Well, so yeah, I do anyway, apologize. Yeah. Interesting that his his mom was the concubine of this yeah. guy Lu Bu Wei, yeah. and then. Lubuai becomes kind of the leader Lubu of the Wei. government. Lubuai, sorry. Mm-hmm. I was listening to um, a podcast recently, though, where, um, be, uh, you know, years later after this, uh, another dynasty was historian said that Lubuai, there was rumors that he was actually the the father. Oh, of, oh if only Maury had been around <laughs> it gets then. crazier there's more yeah. moriness coming but yeah if xi jing wang um okay. yeah so but then the 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 information i heard was like but that was another dynasty's historian so you can't trust it fully right. and historian modern historians to this day are like i don't know no he was the rightful heir to the throne i see but but you know what i mean it's like it, it is confusing because mm. it's interesting to learn about history when they're like some ancient historians are trying to change how you look at history just for the their current culture's benefit at that yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Fuck you guys. So yeah. Um where were we? Yeah. So now yeah, we got Lu Bu Wei uh basically sets Zhang's mom up with a guy called Lao Ai. Lao Ai and Zhang's mom have so, two secret sons together. Now Here's one and thing. And he set up his his lover with a new guy. That's yes, a, that's an interesting but move. You didn't have you don't have this note here, James. But I know this. They lied and said that Lao I was a eunuch. Oh, a eunuch. Yeah. So then everyone's like, oh, well, whatever. Oh, like, so no. it's kind of like you know, you know, you know when like your your wife or girlfriend has a male best friend, but they got yes. no dick. So you're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Yeah, but then yeah. you find out. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, th- oh, in this case, oh no, they have two secret sons. <laughs> I had a dick the whole time, baby. It's every guy's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, they had two sons, so now it's like, oh god, they they kept them hidden, you know, but they were probably, but they were still gonna plan on getting rid of Zhang uh, by g- having these kids inherit the throne. Man, so um, a lot of a lot of pieces moving, a lot of things, a lot of plates spinning here. Yeah. Wow. In uh, 238 BC, Lao Ai assembled an army, tried to make a coup against Zhang. Uh, in the fighting, hundreds of rebels were killed, 
but Lao Ai was able to flee. Zheng was pissed. He placed a price of one million copper coins on Lao Ai's head. Lao Ai's supporters were captured and beheaded. Man, if someone placed a 1,000 copper coin bounty on my head, I'd be nervous. Abs- I'd hate that. But Mike, don't have two secret sons with an emperor's mom. Uh, and then it won't happen. Uh, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. When Lao Ai was eventually caught, he was tied up and torn to five pieces by horse carriages. I guess that's, that's called Shit. drawn and quartered, right? I guess. Although that's four pieces. This is yeah. an extra piece added there. Where was the extra piece? His head? His head. Or his yeah. dick. I would do the dick if you made sons with, like, my mom. <laughs> his last words were, what is the extra piece? <laughs> if oh, you, it's my dick. You say that to your mom's new boyfriend? Like, just yeah. so you know, if I was to draw and quarter you, I wouldn't do the typical four horses. I'd do five, and yeah. one would be for your dick. If you're actually going to, like, marry my mom and have another kid <laughs> with my mom, then I'm going to tie a rope around your dick and get a horse to run away so it pulls it right out. <laughs> so Yeah. Absolutely, he's furious that, these, that this guy was plotting to, you know, overthrow him. But see, as an ancient ruler, this is the hard part where it's tricky, wouldn't that almost be the right thing to do? To yeah, someone who tried yeah. to form a coup. We think but, it's crazy, but to him it's just Tuesday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Tuesdays with Maury. Oh. <laughs> Mitch and a Mitch album novel. <laughs> We're big tough guys. Uh, but this is where maybe he went. So, uh, yeah, maybe drawing and quartering or whatever. Maybe it wasn't called that. Just ripping the guy to shreds in front of everybody uh, for trying to do the coup is you know, regular for an ancient ruler to uh, assert their dominance and, and whatever. But this is where he might go into a little hardcore territory. He killed the rest of the family and uh, the two sons were oh, he strangled killed. to death. Oh. One, two, princess who... What? <laughs> two princess <laughs> strangle him and strangle him. They're the ones that are gonna be strangled tonight. It ain't got no official family tree. <laughs> Stepping over two princes on the ground now. <laughs> yeah, so that's the uh, gag song we just made up for two children being murdered. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Beep beep. <laughs> we're, we're doing well. I think we're doing. So he's well. asserting his his himself. Yeah, his mother know? was not murdered, uh, but she was placed under house arrest until her death uh, many years. later. So she was. Maybe I didn't hear correctly, but she was in on this. She oh yeah against her own. Well, she had the damn babies with the guy son. with the so guy who's like she had the babies with the guy while yeah. he was still pretending to be a eunuch best buddy. So she wanted, and then the kids were hidden. That would hurt if your own mom tried to. To dethrone you. Also, before the kids were uh, murdered, they had bad haircuts because they <laughs> lived in a. Oh, they're hiding. <laughs> yeah. I watched a documentary too, and it had these. They were homeschooled actors. Played the anyways. Well, we have a, we have a friend, yeah. They were homeschooled. We have so they a friend had bad who haircuts. We have a friend who homeschools his kids, and he posts pictures of them sometimes on Facebook, and their haircuts are not very good. Yeah, and they're getting older too, <laughs> yeah. so they really need to even out those bangs. Yeah, if they want to get a date to the sock hop. Yeah. <laughs> 
Lu Bu Wei, the man who had Zhang's mother as a concubine and helped arrange her relationship with Lao Ai, drank a cup of poison wine and committed suicide. Because the walls are closing in, bud. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? You're stuck in hell. You're trapped in there. You're like, what am I going to do? There's only one way out. And that was it. James, you're a wine lover. You, I am. But you probably, even you, wouldn't drink a cup of poison <laughs> wine. <laughs> as much of a wine lover as I am, I have to say, no, I, I wouldn't drink a cup of poison wine. Okay. Take the poison out. Sure. All right. I do love wine. When you find out that poison's in it. <laughs> so, Lu uh, uh, Bu Wei. Um, Luigi. You know, he's not consulting, consulting anymore. He's not guiding him anymore. Zhang assumes full power as the king of Jin State. Wow. So, so all this drama, and now he's the true king of this state. Save the drama for your mama. Where's your mama? House arrest. <laughs> <laughs> Cup of poison from mother. <laughs> Uber Eats. <laughs> Mom, you're not allowed to order Uber Eats. Come on. It was a long time ago I tried to do a coup. Sorry, that sucked. <laughs> no, no. No, that was really good. I bet she. it would be nice for her if Uber Eats was a thing back then. Well, we got to remember, James, what Chris is telling us about. This all happened in a time before cell phones and before the internet. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, you had to like write your order on a scroll, attach it to an arrow, and hope the arrow hit the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at this. (laughs) Someone wants a spinach salad. Um, Healthy. So to our Chinese listeners who are proud of... uh, the country you're from right now, you're going to love this next fact. This is the man, the king, slash turned to emperor now, first emperor ever of China. He's the one that united all the different countries together. Eventually, Zhang used his powerful army to eliminate the six rival states and became the first supreme ruler of united China. Nice. Well, congratulations, yep. buddy. Congrats. Yeah. Very Thanks, fair. man. So this is the part where, you know, we, we, we don't do a too long podcast. So I, I did listen to another podcast about the actual conquering of the different countries. And You've there's a lot us, of... Chris. There's a lot of interesting stuff, but it's not a, as interesting as like some of the heinous stuff he did. Mm. Give us the juice. Uh, but there, there's like, you know, he conquered... Um, and uh he was savage but it was like really? is he known in, in yeah like he every any any country that he would basically conquer he would basically castrate the people so that he could mark them oh. in as slaves and uh Damn. so yeah he used a lot of like and for game of thrones fans remember that the castrated yes. eunuch army it really reminds me of that oh, right that daenerys I forget mm-hmm. what they were called, but yeah, Daenerys had that eunuch army. Yeah, so they really remind me of that. Oh, I wonder if that's now, taken would from that. Yeah. Army yeah. be more brutal because they're so mad they were castrated, or are they? Uh, what is that? Just to, they actually had to explain. take testosterone pills to stay mad, <laughs> like Joe Rogan. Yeah. I read in the book of a fine balance yes. that they had a character get castrated in that. And it described that he, he became really puffy. And it did describe all these physical changes that oh. happened to him, which was really disturbing. But yes, once you get castrated, you turn into Puff Daddy. <laughs> 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 
Slicker than your average. You know what I mean? Like, what song was that? Uh, whatever. Boys, remember the mid '90s Puff Daddy Mace? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That was Biggie doing Hypnotize. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and oh. bad, 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 bad yeah. boy. Make me feel so good. You know you make me feel so good. If you're you, castrated, you make me feel so good. I wish you could make me feel so good. Cut off my dick. Puffy. Oh no, he's P Diddy. I don't know what he's going by now. I think he changed his name to like Love at some point. Yeah. But P Diddy. Diddy. No, it's just Diddy. If you're listening, we know you're not castrated. Our listeners know you're not castrated. No, we, it was just a dumb joke. It's just a joke. What do you guys? You probably got a bigger wang than us. You probably use it <laughs> no, way more than no, us. No, Come on, no, Chris. No. We don't know that. Oh, <laughs> you guys don't know the beginning of hypnotize. I know it, Chris. <laughs> With ferocious force of character, Ji Wang Di, which he was also known, there was a D on the end of his name sometimes, began to mold his diverse territories into a single Chinese empire, obedient to his will. He divided the lands into 36 command areas, each supervised by a governor, a military commander, and an imperial inspector, all of whom reported to him. He relocated hundreds of thousands of influential families from their home provinces to the capital, uh, Xinjiang, where he could keep a close eye on them. So I think a lot of like tyrannical leaders have done that before, right? Where they scoop up the influential, powerful ones and keep them close to their base. And then, yeah, the basically peasants underneath them would be the castrated, marked as yeah. uh, slaves, cheap I feel like that is, yeah, definitely... What's the, what's his name? The Game of Thrones guy? R.R. George R.R. R. Martin? Yeah, George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, I feel like he hmm. definitely took from that for that whole Daenerys storyline. You line. know what? I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe there are, are other castrated are armies our others? we don't know about, <laughs> but it certainly makes you think of that for sure. Yeah. Now, being in a castrated army would combine two of the things I most want to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, being in an army is one thing, but with no wang dang doodle, soldier, <laughs> cut off your balls. <laughs> That's the uh, you know the drill sergeant. <laughs> if you don't Drop castrate, down and give me twenty yeah. and cut off your balls. Some of the yeah, some of these info, uh, some of this info I cribbed from National G. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> National G. <laughs> <laughs> Weapons were confiscated and melted down. A new imperial currency was issued. Weights and measures were standardized. So this is how he's unifying everybody after conquering. Even wagon axles. Okay, this is something I heard on a podcast too, which is kind of cool. The roads in different countries were shaped differently just because of how the infrastructure was for each different technical and carriages, etc. So he made all of the roads. He standardized them so that wagon axles were built according to a certain measure, so they could fit in the ruts in all of China's roads. Very much Napoleon must have taken a page out of uh, Key's book because Napoleon did the same thing. He standardized a lot of uh, France. Yeah. yeah. Good, for, good for these two guys. Uh, tyrannical <laughs> emperors got some good ideas, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the emperor ordered Chinese writing-made <laughs> uniforms such that all words with the same meaning in the country's varied languages would be represented by the same characters. There is a quote from a historian from Hong Kong University, Zunzu, uh, or Zhanzu, said, uh, 
Every time he would capture a country, he would castrate them to mark them as slaves. So I already fucking said that, so never mind. <laughs> Not a great way to endear um, your new subjects to you. We're here. Where's your dink? <laughs> Here's Jenny. Here's Jenny. Over and over yeah, again like, to every if... guy's dink. <laughs> it's a ceremony. Here's Johnny. Imagine the United... <laughs> yeah, get tired. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. <laughs> Imagine the United States took over Canada. We'd be going, ooh, well, maybe it won't be so bad. You know, yeah. we could go vacation in Florida easy, easily, more easily. Yeah. And then we find out they castrate us. Out come the Clippers. like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Uh, poor guys. Yeah, we'd be down in Key West, you know? Hell like, yeah. Looking at like, hey, I'll... Uh, you know, Hemingway used to drink here, yeah. and all the local Floridians would be looking at our, our bathing suits like, see how they blow so tight <laughs> against the uh, crotch there like a Ken doll? Those are Canadians. <laughs> Spring break wouldn't be as fun. Yeah. You know, this could happen in like I 20 could years you. for all we know. <laughs> I can at least give you pleasure. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so to celebrate his achievement, this is when he officially changed his name to Ji Shi Huang, which okay. means first sovereign emperor. He claimed that his dynasty would last 10,000 generations. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. Not, not so much. So. Yeah. I mean, okay. it did in the sense that China is still a giant country. That's true. That's true. China's still here, and they're thriving at the moment. I mean, who who the hell do you think is hosting the damn Winter Olympics at the moment? <laughs> yeah, you didn't you can draw a direct line from the Winter Olympics <laughs> back to this guy. And they just had the Summer Olympics like not that long ago. Yeah, like, that's yeah. true. And they're they, clearly yeah. obsessed. And, uh, you know, the, the the Canadian curlers are over there. I, I wonder yes. if... You know, our, our our evil men subject could ever imagine, ever have imagined the two thousand years in the future there'd be Canadian curlers in his in Beijing. Canadian curlers, if you can hear us, are your Johnnies still intact? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you never know what the fuck to say anywhere. Um, <laughs> here's uh something that. Uh, quite familiar with your typical tyrannical uh, emperors. Maybe he started it. I'm not sure. But Xi brutally suppressed dissent. Hmm. Uh, Before Xin took over, China was considered to be in the golden age of free thought. But after Xin took over, he eliminated schools that taught philosophy. He also ordered most existing books to be burned because he didn't want his reign compared with reigns from the past. Mm. Anything that criticized the government, mm. right. he suppressed it. So yeah, it was interesting to learn that that he was paranoid about people learning about other eras that maybe seemed better compared to to the present day, and so he yeah had these books burned. And you got to think, where do you get the idea to burn books, Hitler? <laughs> You're right, Mike. You're right. You're right. Fahrenheit 451 as well. The movie Fahrenheit 451 was like, um, he thinks, he likes this idea. Mm. I think Jin Shi Huang got a time machine in 200 BCE, and he went into the future (laughs) to kill baby Hitler, Ah. and then saw him burning books and was like, backed up the time machine, (laughs) and was like, awesome, this guy got a good idea. So yeah, he, if books weren't about agriculture, medicine, or prophecy, they were burned. That's imagine about that. it. If the only book at the library or the bookstore was like a book about wheat farming, you'd, you'd <laughs> go nuts. You want to read about, you know, you want to read a murder mystery or a romance. Not if you're a farmer. 
You made a good point. <clears throat> In addition to ordering the mass burning of history books, he ordered the execution of their authors. Nearly 500 Confucian scholars are said to have been buried alive. Others were castrated. Now, oh this guy is obsessed with castration. Remember, I was kind of defending... <laughs> yeah, I know. It is true, like, you know... The Wang drove this guy nuts. <laughs> Imagine being castrated, and then you're like, well, at least that's the worst thing that'll ever happen to me. Then next thing you know, you're being buried alive. Castrating everybody you've ever met is the biggest bro flex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're super insecure okay. if you have to do that. Yeah, yeah okay, insecure. we get it. You're alpha dog. My God, like some of us like want to have sex with our wives, dude. <laughs> but yeah, so this is where it's like, remember before earlier about the the vicious battles that he would go on and stuff like I was sticking up for it's like, yeah, but isn't that kind of what an ancient uh, king is supposed to do? I feel like now that he, what he's doing with the Confucius texts and scholars is just like a little unnecessary and the tyrannical, uh, you yeah, know, I mean, eliminating okay, schools of thought, basically, even if you burn the books, murdering the authors. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Now you want to talk like about my book, huh? Ow! What the hell? You don't like me? I didn't do that. You could have just left me a bad Goodreads review. <laughs> and these people who complain about cancel culture today should should read about this. This is the actual version of cancel yeah, culture. Yeah, that's true. Right? I'm Jordan. getting canceled to the max. Yeah. What? I Jordan I Peterson. Jordan Peterson. I him being buried alive, crying, going, "You don't. You you shouldn't <laughs> be burying me alive right now. <laughs> I have a daughter. Um, <laughs> why are you castrating me?" <laughs> <laughs> All I eat is meat. No ketchup on that? No. Nothing. <laughs> I I thought it was interesting to learn that even back then there's like 200 BCE. Mm-hmm. He was back in ancient China. Even then this guy was like considered Confucius old and dangerous and outmoded cuz I I don't maybe I don't know. I just thought that I know. Confucianism. I thought Confucianism was generally regarded as like, oh, um, everyone was in agreement that it was like, this is a, a thing we uh, respect. Well, yeah, I'm just going off of like my personal memories, but Taoism and, uh, yeah, especially Taoism is really old, but Confucianism was still around at that time. And it's funny because it, uh, yeah, for my memory, Confucianism or whatever you want to call it, Mr. ruled C. China the whole time because it was hard for Dao, uh, Taoist ideas and philosophies and Zen philosophies to even make an imprint on China because Confucianism was so uh, domineering. Right. Uh, and now we learn that, you know, they had a rough go of it by, from this guy. So we killed a bunch of nerds. Bury them alive. Yeah. Spiritual. Yeah. Citizens of all ranks were encouraged to inform on one another. Sound like another yeah. tyrannical empire that you like to read about? Yes. Those convicted of crimes were executed, mutilated. I guess, what, what kind of mutilation? Huh? Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> Wang dang doodle. <laughs> he was like, how should I uh, punish these people? And he would spin a wheel, but all of the things on the wheel just said castration. <laughs> yeah, like the knobs on the wheel that the ticker had hit were like rubber dildos from like a bachelorette party. <laughs> Well, look at what it landed on again, huh? 
Put it, pull it out. What are the chances? <laughs> or they were put to hard labor. Can I get hard labor, please? <laughs> <laughs> and he would make them build the damn wall. So he he was that the thing or my. So here's where. Yeah, it's no, it's great segue because yeah, thank you. Now he's got a mass army of slaves, dude, that he doesn't give a fucking shit about. Hey guys, I don't give a fucking shit about you. Hundreds of thousands of men served in uh, Jin's armies, mobilized to defend against uh, Xiongnu nomads in the north and other tribes in the south. Hundreds of thousands more toiled to build palaces, canals, and roads. According to Han historian Sima Kuan, oh, I think this is the historian I was trying to reference earlier, whatever. They also built border defense along the Yellow River, constructing 44 walled district cities overlooking the river and manning them with convict laborers which is i think his like slave army the whole line of defenses stretched over ten thousand li which is more than three thousand miles that project during which countless workers died marked the beginning of the great wall so yeah you'd be just like the and no one got paid oh here i i took this quote he was cruel he chained up slaves to build the first great wall and they never got paid and they only got one bowl of rice for supper. So that's who built, who started building the Great Wall. So a bunch of skinny fellas built the Great Wall of China. Yeah. So it looks like this guy was, among other things, a bad boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. He should have been on the movie or TV show Bad Boss. Or, he should yeah, have been boss the, undercover and on, gone yeah. to pretend to work on the yeah. wall. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh boy, I've been doing this all wrong. I should be paying these guys more and I should stop castrating them. Yeah, uh, this, this is hard work. Yeah. Don't you think... Uh, I know I'm new here, but don't you think you work better without a penis? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again, man? Uh, G. <laughs> so, not surprisingly... This autocratic emperor was the target of several assassination attempts. Perhaps in response, uh, Xi became obsessed with the idea of immortality. As Sima Kuan records, his advisors counseled him that the herbs of immortality would not work until he could move about unobserved. So accordingly, he built walkways and passageways connecting his palaces so that he could move about in seeming invisibility. Now, can I, I just want to make a, another... I, I, I glossed over his assassination attempts... <clears throat> um there was one cool one i read about i think it was from the maybe yan or the i don't know one of the countries that he was trying to invade sent an envoy and the envoy came to assassinate him uh secretly but he was welcomed into the presence of the king uh jin and he's unfurling this map right and uh, as he's unfurling the map, it's revealed at the very end of the, the map, there's a dagger. And so uh, Jin sees this, goes to get his sword, doesn't get it out on time. The assassin lunges, just misses him. Then they fight and duel all around because his guards are outside. Oh, no. And he, didn't, and he couldn't yell to the guards. And uh, uh, there's all these like weird, like I don't know, like polit- polit- political people with him, but no guards to protect him. So then they fight or whatever. And he and he gets another lunge at the king again. Finally, the assassin gets stabbed by Jin. He was actually like a skilled warrior too. He was mighty and uh, yeah, strong as a warrior as well. So he killed that assassin. Then there was another assassin that came to to to, be, to like um, 
to get revenge on the assassin that was just killed. And he comes and he's like this beautiful lute player. And that's his okay. like disguise. So then he starts playing the lute for the king. And then uh, he tries to assassinate him. He gets caught. But because he was so moved by his lute playing, and he was like the greatest <laughs> lute player in all of China, he kept him around. Wow. But he gouged out his eyes. Okay. Oh, so Jin man. did that. So Jin had a he had a good uh, respect for music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a funny guy. I'm imagining like imagine if you were an emperor and then Kenny G tr- came to try and assassinate you and you're like, "Oh, I, that's that's a low trick, but I do love your music." Yeah. So yeah, imagine you gouged yeah. out Kenny G's eyes. Yeah, I, I think about it every night before I fall asleep. <laughs> But yeah, so I said that sloppily because I didn't write those notes down. But uh, of course, like, yeah, like I said, if you're inspired, go and like, yeah, there's a great documentary on YouTube um, that you should check out and and like all, yeah, all kinds of stuff. But the but I just want to end with, uh, it didn't end with the, the eyeless lute player. Uh, his revenge fantasy didn't end. He, he, he went and played the lute again and kept a big lead pipe in the lute one time and he's like i'm gonna freaking get this king so with no eyes he plays the lute and while the king's enraptured by his plane again he pulls out the lead pipe blindly swings at him misses and this time Jin is like all right let's kill this guy but they take care of him but i i thought that was interesting knowing what we know about him Hmm. so far that he allowed the lute player to live for the first time uh even after an assassination attempt because he was so taken by uh, the music. If you let an assassin uh, live because he plays the lute, <laughs> you might be Emperor Xi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wow. we'll go back to his like megalomaniacal projects. He he created an enormous tomb and buried a whole terracotta horde. This is what everybody pretty much knows about the history of this time. Remember the terracotta hoard that they found? Yeah. It constructed a tremendous cost by 700,000 forced labor conscripts. The thousands of life-size figures included infantrymen, archers, chariots with horses, officials, servants, and even entertainers such as musicians and a strong man. Now, this sounds like something a crazy person would uh, would So he made his... Indentured oh, servants make a terracotta. They were like six feet tall. Army. They were like four hundred freaking pounds, six hundred pounds out of clay. And why? And because I'm getting that he believed he was paranoid, mega paranoid. He believed that the spirits of his enemies would attack him in the afterlife. So if he made these terracotta warriors, they would protect him in the afterlife. But right. that's so stupid. Like based on what? <laughs> Like what, based on what, his paranoid totally fantasies, of, but two thousand years ago, what would you think happens after you die? But I right wouldn't. now we're all at peace with it. We're like, <laughs> ah, I just become a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like but back like, then they were like, I go to another mystical world. You know, I'm planning on being buried but, with a bunch of uh, toilets. Uh, <laughs> uh, this guy wanted, to, but I can understand thinking he's going to a mystical world. Why mm-hmm. does he think making statues? That they're going to come to life on the other side of... I'm thinking they might have been statues based on warriors that he already had. Mm. There was this other thing, too, I saw where, like, his warriors would get, you know, caught up and, you know, massacred to shreds on the battlefield. And so 
you know, he thought that when even like the warriors on his side, when they were dead in the afterlife, because they were left that way, they would <clears throat> be mad at him. So he he had another burial site they found, and I'm going by memory, so I'm sorry if this, you know, but they they had another burial site they found where he had buried all this beautiful armor for them in the afterlife so that they'd be happy. <laughs> so yeah, that doesn't really explain anything, but it's, it explains how his mind thinks I guess mm, it's, about it's, the afterlife. It's not a uh, logical thing that we can <laughs> get to the bottom of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to keep fighting like after I'm dead. I want to take a break. Who would you? What would you want to be buried with you, though, for real life? That could help you or something you'd just like to have around when you were dead. I would say I'd like to have a, a package of sesame snaps. Yep, with your me. favorite snack. Well, more than one, a, a box. And maybe uh, my phone. To listen to podcasts. To listen to podcasts and maybe, you know, $10,000. <laughs> $10,000 is a good start. Unless, yeah. don't go to the casinos and the afterlife. Well, yeah. I'm not a gambler, so it shouldn't be a problem. Um, yeah, I would just bring some of the books I've always been wanting to read, I guess, yeah. and a nice chair to read in. Oh, shit. And some mm. of my favorite food that is too heavy for you to eat now, but in the afterlife, it probably doesn't matter as much. That's a good idea. So I can enjoy it a lot more. I would be tempted to bring those resistance bands you were talking about, Michael. I would love to get ripped in the afterlife and, you know. So you kind of are like Jin Shi Huang. I guess that's true. You want to make sure you're ready to go. If it goes down, you're ready yeah. in the afterlife. I'll show you how to do the papillon as well, the, um, okay. the shoulder exercise with those bands. Cool. Papillon. Papillon. Chinese laborers came across strange terracotta fragments in 1974 when they were digging a well for an orchard outside the city of Jiang. They then notified authorities who returned to the site with government archaeologists. Over more than 40 years of excavation, they turned up a part of a mausoleum for the country's first emperor, Xi uh, Jinping Di, or first emperor of Jin. I don't know why. That's wild that his mausoleum was lost to I time. Know, isn't it weird to think about There's how that There's also happens? a legend that it's like, Buried on top of like a river with like molten mercury underneath it. Okay. Wow. So like, it's pretty hardcore. Like yeah. imagine what's our most celebrated or important building, you know? I mean, not even in Canada, but like, you know, in the, in the world. State building. Yeah, I mean, imagine, you know, in the future people digging up a farm and they're like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah, there's all these statues of farmer buddies <laughs> with with overalls and straw hats on drinking whiskey. Well, there's a, a statue of a guy scratching his butt yeah. and smoking. <laughs> I didn't want to go to the afterlife without my best friends. There's a, guy, a statue of a guy milking a cow and looking sad. Is this <laughs> if the farmers and the truckers win this coup <laughs> happening right now? A raid in military formation. This, uh, this is a, a descriptor of the uh, terracotta military arrayed in military formation the soldiers bore traces of the bright paint that must have once enlivened them although formed from standardized pieces with solid legs and hollow torsos they were evidently finished by hand so that no two figures looked exactly alike that's the crazy thing because if you go online right now and watch a video or look at some pictures of the excavation of these terracotta warriors it's quite elaborate it's pretty wild uh one of the for sure craziest things that's happened on earth 
the ancient army was stationed just east of a necropolis surrounding the tomb of Jinshi Huang Di and was meant to stand guard during the emperor's afterlife. Figures of acrobats and musicians would entertain the emperor through eternity. Oh, so I copied two different notes. Ooh, I would didn't put not want to spend name. eternity with acrobats. <laughs> yeah. Circus people in Unless general. they kind of like taught me how to do it. Yeah. Clowns. The tomb and statues were still in progress at the time of the emperor's death in, 20, in 210 BC. Uh, today, the vast terracotta host serves as a perfect symbol of the scale and ferocity of Zhi Huangdi's reign and his efforts to forge a single Chinese emperor. Hmm. Pretty wild, eh? Well done, Chris. Uh, wow. Very interesting. And, um, I, you know, there I, is a I lot more like so, he was another... so little about Chinese yeah, history. Me too. It was really interesting. I got really excited uh, listening to some podcasts and watching some films and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I definitely suggest please go out and check it out for yourself because, you know, China is obviously in the news all the time. There's so much that, that about it that we're trying to figure out all the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's such a vast history. And so I do think, like, learning about uh, Jin, uh, the king, is, like, a great starting point. Obviously, he, he brought, he unified those countries together. The movie I watched, the documentary, which is, has way more information than I said on YouTube, it's <clears throat> an hour and 40 minutes. It's called King of Jin, The Man Who Made China. And it's about uh, Jin Shi Huangdi, and it's really cool. Uh, that's where I saw the uh, reenactments of the, <laughs> the two Ill- illegitimate sons getting strangled to death. <laughs> <laughs> Another quick note about his paranoia. He, when he was fearing death, he, he, say, he, he actually sought the fabled elixir of life to allow him to live to get, uh, forever. He was obsessed with acquiring mortality and fell prey to many who offered him supposed elixirs. He visited Jifu uh, Island three times in order to achieve immortality. And so there's more stories about death uh, uh, and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, in 2011 BCE, a large meteor said to have fallen in Dongzhen in the lower reaches of the Yellow River. Uh, it, on it, an unknown person inscribed the words, the first emperor will die and his land will be divided. When the emperor heard of this, he sent an imperial secretary to investigate this prophecy. No one could confess to the deed, so all the people living nearby were put to death, and the stone was pulverized. <laughs> well, that was a freaking meteor. Yeah, you can't be too careful, and I don't blame uh, the emperor for doing that. You know, I, I support him. The cause of his death is still largely unknown. Uh, reportedly, he died from Chinese alchemical elixir poisoning due to ingesting mercury pills made by his alchemists and court physicians, believing it to be an elixir of immortality. How ironic. Yeah. The, the medicine he thought was giving him eternal life ended up killing him. It's like the Atlantis song. You know, yeah. Oh, uh, one hit in my pocket? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You want to live forever, but then you drink a pill of mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Do they think at all that... His alchemist was like, yeah, we got to get rid of this guy? Or did they just not know at the time? Uh, I don't know much of like the successor I, and stuff. It wouldn't stuff be surprising died, if so they were... I'm not were, sure if there was a political motivation, but yeah, yeah maybe. It, it wouldn't be like too it. surprising if they were trying in earnest to create I mean, an immortality You look at what the doctors potion. are trying to convince us to put in our bodies yeah, these days. they tell us <laughs> Pfizer works and that's killed everybody. <laughs> Everyone's dead. <laughs> Everyone in the world is dead, well, except for us. 
Uh, thanks, Chris, for telling us about. Brilliant, Chris. Emerging. Great job. Very interesting. Yeah. Yes, listeners, please do more more research because I like, you know, the the information is vast. Uh, vast. You know, it's connected to so much history of China, and yeah, it's very interesting. So, well, uh, let's get out the evilometer. <laughs> evilometer, is that you? <laughs> shh, shh, it's okay. Um, who wants to input an evilometer rating first? How about you, Michael? May I? May- okay. Sure, oh, sure, sure, yes, sure. yes. Uh, what, now, what do you rate um, the emperor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm avoiding saying the name. The I emperor. don't want to mess it up. Yeah, what do I think? Uh, I'm afraid. Oh, first of all, I'm happy he's not in the room with us because he wouldn't have liked what I have to say, and he probably would have, <laughs> you know, castrated me. But I think this guy sounds like a nasty piece of work. Yes, I guess he is the, f- the forefather, the, the founder of modern-day China, uh, and he built the Great Wall, which is beautiful. You know, who doesn't like looking at the Great Wall, thinking about the Great Wall, spending time near the Great Wall? <laughs> Terracotta warriors are interesting, a little bit. Uh, demented but um those things are good but a little too much castrating a little too much burying people alive burning books and punishing people who happen to live near where a meteorite landed Um, (laughs) you know i'm gonna give him a a seven okay okay good one i'll go next you you completely summarized it <laughs> Very well. Yeah, you summarized it better than I did the whole thing. <laughs> um, you know, there were worse tyrannical dictators, it seems. Um, he did some horrible things, but it's hard to put him up in the up of the upper echelon of horrible tyrants, at least as far as I know, based he, on he what we learned start. today. I don't own, know. I think. Yeah. Well. It, I think we had to skip across a lot. So when you say that he castrated everyone and turned them into slaves, <laughs> I think you got to think... And he also conquered like yeah. all those countries. I guess yeah. we are sort of... I think of, you got to picture how many deaths were it's really... It's a good point. Because it's so far in the past, and I hadn't heard of him prior to... I do to, notice that every time we talk about a tyrannical dictator or mm. emperor or king or whatever, ruler, on this podcast, or whenever we research it, it really does seem that... They got screwed by the time they were young. Mm. Like Ivan the Terrible. Yeah, Ivan the Terrible. Like, so this yeah, seems like yeah. there's like you're that, shaped in this true. way. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, here. no, it's okay. It is a tough one because those are horrible things, things I would never do. But then when someone is a is an emperor, you do kind of judge them on a different scale almost in your mind because you think, well, you got to do this and that here and there. Oh, God, I don't know. I'll give them a 6.2. Okay. Oh, wow. He did standardize the roads and axles. Yes, right? and I'm a big <laughs> axle guy. And axle. language and money. Axel, w. Axel Rose. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I, I have the conflict, too, of like, well, how is an ancient ruler supposed to rule otherwise? Yeah. yeah. But it's he's pretty intense. He wasn't woke. Nope. He wasn't woke. Um, yeah, it was pretty intense. Seems like he also killed a lot of people needlessly. Mm, so yeah, yeah, I would say for yeah for evil men seven as well. Okay, very good. Well, great job, Chris. That was a tough one, um, and I think it was well done. I'm yes. glad we don't live back in 200 BCE. Oh, me too. Me too. 
Although I I'd wonder, maybe we would be. Ha- I mean, other than if if a emperor did horrible things to us and our family, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'd be happy living in a simple life. I don't know. Maybe. Would you love to be the emperor yourself? Hell yeah. I'd be kind of a cooler emperor, and I'd like to think I would. Yeah. You know, instead of scaring people, I would want them to think, "Hey, that's a cool guy. It'd be nice to hang out with him." I think wanting people to think that you're cool is a weakness. <laughs> in being an emperor, it's so interesting you say that because I, I see it as a strength. <laughs> but these guys who would want to overthrow hey dudes. you, what's and, up, dudes? And kill Dude. you? You'd be like, oh, I hope they think I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, they're. I just- should let them kill me because. <laughs> Isn't in the prince? Isn't it the gist of the prince? I'm, I might be wrong here. Like to, no. to make everyone think you're cool. Yeah, and hang out with you and you know, party and yeah, hang a dead body in the town square, <laughs> but put shades on it <laughs> <laughs> and a ba- an open bag of Doritos underneath it. <laughs> but I guess yeah, hearing about this, you, you realize that the rules of being a tyrant were written lo- long ago, and yeah. they're still they're just different ver- different. Um, interpretations of those rules are i gotta say at my age now i don't think being a tyrant was ever in me you know well don't you know you're not i've made i mean i've never been drunk on power i've never been given the keys to the to the kingdom at 13 years old so i don't know but you know what i mean like i've never been like if someone gave me the keys to the kingdom when i was 13 i would have just uh made the red hot chili peppers my house band (laughs) <laughs> you, you wake up in the morning they have to start playing in your hallway yeah boom, 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 yeah, boom. yeah. Goes, if they oh yeah if they don't play the, <laughs> if they don't play the songs you want you like you're like have the red hot chili peppers castrated <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing to ever happen to oh, anthony kiedis so- our socks will fall off <laughs> stick the socks in the hole oh god <laughs> i would turn my kitchen into a pizza pizza <laughs> doom doom yeah. Do the suck my kiss come up on almost every episode? Maybe, maybe. Oh, Kirk Cobain. Well, so that's right. He reigned in 200 BCE. So how long before? (laughs) Never mind. Was this (laughs) would be about 2200 years? Yeah. How he would have reacted to and how he would have reacted to the cover of Nevermind because you see a naked baby that may have been a threat to him, and you know what he might have wanted to. I think he had, apparently they had, his favorite song was In Bloom, and they had ghetto blasters attached to their horses, so they'd be like, come on, let's invade the Han country, and it'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite intro to a song. That's a good one. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah. Jinji Huang Di would look at the villages and go, sell the kids for food. (laughs) Whatever. Well, (laughs) I just want to sing that song. Life was seemed very much much harsher back then. Life is a highway. (laughs) Now every wagon wheel can fit on the track. (laughs) Life was much harsher. Back in the olden times in China. <laughs> Life is a highway. I want to be a part of a convoy on it. <laughs> Tom Cochran, do you think he's pro or no convoy? 
Well, he's I a Canadian. A lot of his fan base are participating in those protests, I'd imagine. For sure, yeah. Life is a highway, man. And you work for Satan. <laughs> <laughs> well, should, okay. we, uh, should we wrap this up? Let's wrap up this baby and uh, put it in the mailbox and uh, hope that the uh, mailmen deliver it safely to our to listeners ears yes that's exactly what i was gonna say well uh thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network 